All right, welcome to another episode of Adulting Poorly. Today's episode, Mike is prepping a pork tenderloin. Normally, when I get one of these guys, um, it's uh, it's pretty small. It's like maybe a two-pounder, if that. Um, not even remotely close to what we're working with today. Today, I've got four pounds, which is way too much for three fucking people. So, what I've got to do is cut this into equal parts. Literally whacking my meat right now. If you can see the size of this thing, it's uh, it's it's pretty ungodly. Normally, when they pack these up, they pack them up into sets of twos, so you can have like one automatically. You can just wrap up and throw or uh, put in the freezer. This one I'm gonna have to cut up and put in the freezer. I think we're gonna probably do two pounds tonight and then two pounds at a different date. What I've started by doing is I made a nice little rub. Um, this is like the base rub I use for everything. Chicken, pork, um, not really with beef. It doesn't play well with beef. This version of it might only because I added a little cocoa pepper or a cocoa powder, but it's paprika, salt, two tablespoon or a tablespoon of each, and then a half a tablespoon of salt, or I'm sorry, pepper, granulated, uh, onion and granulated garlic. If you want to spice it up a little bit, you throw in a little bit of cayenne in there, uh, and then half a teaspoon of brown sugar, and then just a touch of unsweetened cocoa powder. I'm just going to give it a little taste test right now. Mm. That cocoa powder gives it kind of a, well, a cocoa flavor. Imagine that. Uh, but it kind of marries well with the others. I'm, I'm hesitant to put anything that's spicy in there just because, uh, you know, the fucking kid won't eat it. So what do you do? Um, the plan is to cut this guy in half, rub some olive oil all over it, then take this rub, put it all, literally rub it all over the pork tenderloin, uh, throw it into one of two bags I've got here, and then stick it in the refrigerator for the next four and a half hours where I'm going to pull it out and then begin to uh, roast it. Um, but first, prep times. So let's get this goddamn watch off because the last thing I want is pork juice all over it. And then I'm going to cut this bad boy up after I get out of this obnoxious packaging. Put one half again inside of my zipper bag. And then the other one we're going to start working with. All right. So first, these vacuum sealed packs are great and all for picking it up at the grocers or whatever. But when you actually have to cut this fucker open, drain all the juice out, and then slap it onto a slab over here, they don't really work out too well. So let's drain this fucker. Usually what I do is I just cut part of the top off Drain out all the juice, then rip it the rest of the way, and then put it down so we can start working with it. Oh, this thing is four and a half pounds. Looks awful. Looks like a giant, I mean, honestly, it looks like a horse cock. It looks like I'm making horse roast horse cock for dinner. Okay, so let's put the horse cock down. And as uh, some of you may know, I know what a good horse cock looks like. All right, that is a lot of 
Fucking extra juice there, dear God. Okay. Um, I'm trying to keep one hand relatively clean for cutting and doing the surgery. And the other one is going to be used for kind of uh, working the meat, as it were. Alright, so let's cut this facker in half. Is this sharp? Fuck, yeah, that's sharp. Okay, that's about half right there. Nice, that fucking silver skin on the back. It's a thin, thin layer of fat. Normally you don't get that on a pork tenderloin, which is nice to have, because usually you have to add more fat to this in order to get like to keep it moist when you cook it. But this one, for some reason, it's got a really good um, fat cap on there. Unusual, unusual for pork tenderloin. Usually this is uh, this is more the not so fatty of the pork parts, but I'm okay with it being uh, fatty today because that means I have to add less fat, and I got both my hands dirty, so I'm going to give them a quick wash, just because you're working with raw meat, and that's just the best thing to do, instead of walking around and leaving salmonella, that's chickens everywhere, but you get what I mean, I do not want to have tainted food all over my house. Alright, let's... Get some olive oil on this motherfucker. Olive oil! Oh, yeah. You like that? And rub it, you nice. Mm. Fuck yeah. Oh, oh, what's that? Huh? You like that? Do you want some more olive oil? Yeah, ooh, grease that pig. Fuck yeah. Oh, sexy pig. Sorry, still recording. Didn't know that. Um, okay. So now we got this mother greased up. You almost kind of want to pat it down a little bit so it's not just so greasy. I know that sounds weird seeing as we just greased it up, but you really want to get as much of this rub to adhere onto the meat itself. Uh, let's get some of this off. We got a little extra, like a little bit of the fat that just kind of is hanging off there. I'm going to cut that off. Normally what I would do with that is um, probably put it in the roasting pan just to render out some of that extra fat, but uh, the size of this guy, I, I think we're fine with the fat that we currently have. All right, now, let's get our rub on. So, dumping my rub on one side of this guy, I'm really gonna literally rub it in, thus the name, because it is a, it's a rub. If given the time, I would much rather marinate this guy first uh, in Moho. And if you don't know what Moho is, uh, it's probably because you're white. Uh, and that's okay, because we steal our recipes from all indigenous peoples. Um, Moho is made with a shit fuck ton of garlic. That's a unit of measurement, look it up. Shit fuck ton of garlic. Um, sour oranges and sour oranges actually are something you can't get here they're i mean mainly out of cuba uh but you can through the miracle of amazon you can order just the uh sour orange juice and what you do then is just pour like two cups into uh, like a bag add water Put like as many cloves of crushed garlic as you can in there, and then like a whole onion, 
and then you just let this fucker sit in there. Oh yeah, and you also salt the shit out of the water, like it's seawater. Let it sit in there for 24 hours. Then, and only then, do you pull this guy out, put a rub on it, and then after the rub, you roast it, slow roast it. Um, and that is the base for all Cuban sandwiches, which is funny because we're not making Cuban sandwiches today, but with as much of this as we have right now, uh, we'll have enough for leftovers tomorrow, and that's my plan, usually, is pair this with something like um, spicy quinoa, which is probably what I'm going to make today, or uh, mashed potatoes, or even um, smashed potatoes. That's where you take little red potatoes, boil them, cover, pull them out, stop the cooking process, cover them in olive oil, put it between two pans, one pan you're going to be cooking with, the other one you stand on, smash the potatoes down, and then salt and pepper them, olive oil, throw in the oven, roast them. They're fucking delicious because they're soft in the center and then they get this crispy outside. Uh, even talking about it right now, I'm thinking maybe I should change from quinoa to that, but that's not going to happen because we're on a special diet right now. Ooh, I'm not trying to get fat. <clears throat> Sorry, forgot Mike's still on. Um, we are trying to be better about our side dishes. I am a starch freak. Hold on one second. Oh, I'm a starch freak. So if there can be potatoes, there should be potatoes in my book. Um, but apparently that's not healthy for every goddamn meal. But I mean, come on, meat and potatoes? Anyway, all right. I am done rubbing this on. I've got a nice coat. I use almost all of my um, my rub on this guy, which is okay. I mean, a lot of the flavor hopefully will get uh, embarked into the meat. I'm going to wash my hands real fast uh, while I'm doing that. Uh, but hopefully we'll get some of that flavor into the meat itself. Again, normally I like to do this 24 hours in advance, not just a couple of hours in advance. Uh, that way you can get like more of this will actually soak into the meat itself and when you're cutting it, you're getting not just a really good flavor on the bark that's going to be on the outside, but actually all the way through. Um, so when it comes time to preparation, or I should say when it's cook time, what we'll do on cook time, let me first get the half that is not being used into our wonderful freezer. I gotta find a goddamn Sharpie. There it is. So I can write the date on here. Why? Because if not, I'll go, no, no, I only put it in a week ago. It'd be like a fucking year or something. Okay, so we have today's date. And I probably don't need to write on there what it is because if I can't figure that out, I shouldn't even be trying to cook. Fair? Fair. All right. Into the freezer with you. Into the freezer with you. Yes, you'll be cooking later. All right, now, we've got this wonderful piece of ham. It's not ham, so you get what I mean. You get this wonderful pig just sitting there getting all the olive oil and rub and everything, soaking up into it. Um, and then when it's time to cook it, what we'll do is we will get ourselves a nice hot-ass pan, and I know it sounds funny that I'm saying pan if I'm going to roast it, but it's going to be pan-roasted. I want to get a sear on all sides of it first. 
And then, once that sear is complete, sear it, roll it, sear it, roll it, sear it, roll it. You might even have to hold it when you do it, especially given the size of this fucking pig. And if that's the size of its loin, that thing was a happy guy. Um, but sear it, roll it, sear it, roll it, so you can even sear it all the way around. Uh, and then once you do that, you take that whole pan, throw it in the oven, 375 for about 25 minutes. And the only reason I say 25 minutes, because that's definitely not long enough, is you want to be able to pull it out and then gauge how much is actually cooked. Uh, and by that I mean take your meat thermometer, not your anal thermometer, those two uh, definitely have different tastes, and pluck it in there. And you're trying to get your temperature around, what, uh, 165, 175. I usually pull it out of the oven at around anywhere from 165 to 170. The reason is, is because you can go just a little bit, a little bit rare on pork and still be safe from uh, any little critters that might be living on it, even though pigs are fucking filthy animals, but... Um, when you let it sit to retain all its juices, it's still going to cook for probably another five minutes. So it may bring itself up to temperature. Um, but at 25 minutes, you should be relatively close to the end. You'll take a good gauge there. If you're around 155, put it in for another 10 minutes. Check as necessary. Kind of want to use the same hole you did before so you're not just poking around in your meat and losing all that wonderful juice. So definitely do it from up top. And then also do it in the fattest part of the meat. Uh, in this case, it's pretty cylindrical. So I don't have to worry about overcooking one side and not overcooking the next side. All right. We got a little bit of this rub left, which is good for two things. If I'm going to make any kind of a sauce, I want to take that rub and put it in there. And the fact that we're doing quinoa later... Um means I need to embark as much flavor into that shit as humanly possible. Uh, quinoa is great for you. It has it's a natural source for amino acids. I think it's all of the amino acids you can get within quinoa. Um, I believe I could be remembering that incorrectly, but I do know it is a good source for amino acids. But it doesn't have a lot of fucking flavor. It's like most grain. It just, it just sits there. The best quinoa I've ever had was served in... A duck fat and beef broth. And it was fucking delicious because I was basically eating fat, duck fat, and beef. So that made it great. And then the quinoa was just a vessel to get that shit in my body. Um, but that was amazing. What we're going to wind up doing is taking the quinoa and... Since it's already cooked, we prep that at the beginning of the week, so it's easier just to make meals quickly. Uh, you can take a scoop, throw it in a pan, a little bit of olive oil, um, or for me, I'm going to do butter, don't tell, but I always use butter because it's better, but quick fry on it to heat it back up to temperature, and then I'm also going to take some of the uh, drippings from the pork that actually are in the pan still, dump that in there, and then add a little bit of the rub I have left over. Just to kind of mix it up, just so it still is the same flavor profile from A to B, or at least the same type of flavor. Now, what I want to do is get something that has a little bit more of an acid, just to cut through some of the richness we're going to get with the pork that I'm making. And that's usually when you want to make that, like when I talk about making a 
uh, a marinade or that mojo, that mojo actually has that acid in there that breaks down some of the connective tissue, but also it embarks a little bit of that acid into the meat itself. So it's naturally eating into that uh, that richness, or at least hopefully it will be rich. Um, I want to do the same thing with the quinoa just because it's fucking plain. It's so fucking plain. Oh, why does shit that have to be good for you be is always so fucking without flavor? I, like, people rave about kale. Kale doesn't have any fucking flavor. It has a kale flavor, and it's fucking gross. I mean, why? Why does it have to be so bad? Why can't a greasy fucking cheeseburger be good for you? Why does fat taste so delicious? Fuck. Sorry. Anyway, moving right along. Pan sear it. Serve it with... Uh, you can do this two ways. Norm- I would do this as a bowl. I know that sounds weird, but given enough time, which I'm not going to have tonight, I would put the basic quinoa down, serve with black beans over the top of the quinoa, then slice your pork extra thin and put it over the top of that and then do a fried egg on it. Uh, and even on top of the fried egg, if you have any of that rub left, you can sprinkle that on top. So when you open up the egg, it's actually like, it's acting as its own mixer. Like it's taking that yolk and slowly seeping down all that goodness into the layers you've created. Um, and it's also got the same flavor profile going through it. Super, super delicious that way. Uh, I don't like using the word delicious, but I fucking love an egg on stuff. Like, eggs improve literally anything. I would put an egg on a cinnamon roll and go, yeah, this is going to work. I'll fucking do this. I've had eggs on pizza. Uh, I'll add eggs to leftovers. It doesn't matter. Fucking delicious. I don't, again, just because they're probably not good for you. We're going to find out later. All right. Pork's ready to go. It's just sitting there waiting for me to throw it in the pan, which we're going to do later. Quinoa, like I said, we've already made it. We make it at the beginning of the week. Uh, again, so you can make things faster. I'm probably going to do the fry, put it on the side of the plate, and then I've got to make a decent salad to go with it. With all the craziness going on with romaine lettuce right now, we are going to stay with probably baby arugula. That's very spicy. Arugula is a vegetable and then we want to make like a nice vinaigrette. And I'm going to steal something that I learned watching television because it can be fucking educational. You do equal parts water, or sorry, oil, vinegar, and then sparkling water. And then you take that and you add, you know, your Italian seasoning, salt, pepper. But you do those together, shake it up, and when you put it onto your salad and toss your salad around, it's actually kind of get, has this effervescence and this refreshing quality to it, almost to clean your cleanse your palate as you're eating. Um, because again, baby greens, fucking gross. They're disgusting. I mean, I like arugula. It's not bad. It's got more flavor than most of the weeds that we put in our face, but at least that one, um, it's got a little spice to it. And that little spice note, plus adding uh, what I would consider to be a pretty decent vinaigrette, um, really good. And again, there's that acid that I wanted for the rest of the meal. So something that cuts through on layers. Now, if I wanted to, I could probably even put the arugula um, or the pork on top of the arugula salad, but I don't want to. I want to separate them. I actually want to cut 
the pieces of this a little bit thicker than you normally would, only because it's because it's such a big fucking pork tenderloin. It's like six inches long and four inches wide. And I'm not using penis measurements here. I mean like a legit six by four. It's a stout little fucker. Um, but if I cut it thicker, that means that uh, it, it eats almost more like a pork chop than it does a pork tenderloin. That's from a presentation standpoint. And then later on, I will probably cut that in half tomorrow and cut it really thin when I make my Cuban sandwiches. Um, thinking ahead, we already have really good French bread here. I don't mean here like it's someplace special, it's my house. But we already purchased that. Uh, we have a nice stone mustard, slap that on one side. Or sorry, just French's, the orange mustard, slap that on one side of the bread. Uh, then you go cheese, ham. I'm oh, sorry, cheese, pickles, ham. And then after the ham, we throw on some of this guy. Normally, you'd use like a shredded pork, which would be a little bit better, but this works out pretty good because you can get a good flight, flatten the sandwich out after this, put it in a panini press, cut it in half. It's crispy. It's soft in the middle. That cheese kind of, again, that cheese, pickle, and then meat, you go rich gooey to crunchy with that acid in there, that dill flavor right into this wonderful meat mixture. Um... Wonderful sandwich, one of my favorites of all times. Uh, there's a lot of places that make them, I, but everyone does it their own way. Uh, I went down to Miami and had it in an actual little Cuban shop, and I've been addicted ever since. All right, so again, tonight's dinner, roasted pork tenderloin after we've pan-seared it, of course. Uh, we will then make the arugula salad with the fucking quinoa on the side of that. Um, and potentially make a little bit of a, like a a pan gravy to go with it. It depends on how much I actually, when I look at the pan, how much is in the base of that. Um, and if I do, I'll just throw some chicken stock in there, reduce it down, maybe do a little bit of flour to thicken it up. Um, or like a small slurry or whatever. Thicken that guy up and then put it over the pork. Depends on how it tastes. Because again, we're not doing... A full 24-hour marinade, and then throwing this, uh, throwing the rub on, and then letting it sit for another 24 hours, and then doing it. This is like the fast version. Um, all right, I will let you know how it goes as soon as we are done. Uh, but that's that's it. That's Mike makes fucking pork tenderloin. All right, guys, enjoy the rest of your week.